And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. And sometimes our favorite movie soundtracks, cue, because that's what we're doing today. If you're a fan of Dumb and Dumber, you may recognize that song from the soundtrack. And that's what we're doing today, Q. We're talking about maybe the best rock and roll soundtrack of all time. No, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I'm not going to say that at all. But um, it's definitely one of those soundtracks that you remember, as much as you remember the film, you remember the music from the film. At least I do. Yes. Um, I feel like the music was such an integral part of the road trip type film that this was, right? Which, you know, come to think of it, dude, the early 90s had its fair share of road trip comedies, you know, like Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, even Very Black true. Sheep, which was a, another Chris Farley film that was pretty much the same the same movie as Tommy Boy. Right. But uh, that was a thing, dude, in the early 90s. So this one came out in 94. And yeah, this is one of those movies, dude, for us. I mean, we watched it dozens of times every yeah. year. So last year we did a batch of episodes on the music of John Hughes films, right? And we must have said the same thing about Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that we watched that movie countless times, right? Yeah, we we, we covered quite a few Hughes tunes, is what we, as, as we call it. We covered a few of his films, but yeah, out of all of them, Ferris Bueller is the one that, I mean, it's on the same level as Dumb and Dumber as far as like... Yeah, movies that we could, uh, that, that we know like the back of our hand kind of thing. Like we could quote it to each other. Yeah. Um, we won't, we won't do that. We won't do that to you, but, um, but yeah, there's just something about, uh, probably in, 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 in the same, in the same way that John Hughes was very much involved in the selection of films that went, or the selection of music that went into his films. I bet you the Fairley brothers were, were, were similar. It really seems um, like it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, there is another movie of theirs that I really like called Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, same thing, dude. Lots of great music. Um, do you something remember Mary. that guy? I was about to bring up something about Mary because, and his fucking name escapes me at the moment, but I brought him as a watcher herd not that long ago. He's oh, yeah. the guy that's sitting up in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I got to get his name here, dude. One second. Right. So, I mean, speaking of like music being integral, integral to the film, I mean, something about Mary, like you said, this guy's like a, a narrator type character, right? That shows up throughout the film and he's just singing. Jonathan Richmond is his name. Yeah. Yeah. He's just singing kind of like, you know, he, he sing, singing during the, the story, credits. Right? Yeah. Yep. Because he shows up in a tree. Like you said, he's like, he's just singing in a tree yeah. about what's going on. And Jonathan Richmond shows up as he's like lead singer in a band that's playing in some little dive bar in the movie Kingpin. So yeah, mm. very similar to John Hughes. Uh, obviously, the Farrelly brothers are huge music fans, and they like to bring in music that they enjoy and throw it in the film. And very much like the way that John Hughes would use the new wave artists and stuff like that, because that's what was going on at the time. I feel like Farrelly brothers in this this movie particular is kind of similar where they you know not only did they have just bands from the 90s alt rock bands from the 90s but they had a couple of bands put out singles just for the movie soundtrack which is crazy to me well yeah and it's it's um it is also kind of you know and we're looking back on the film now but 
it kind of seems like a lot of these bands are one and done artists. I feel like that didn't really go anywhere significantly in their career. You know, the majority of these artists uh, are very obscure. Yeah. So like the the two singles uh, that that were put out for this record is "New Age Girl" by Dead Eye Dick. It's a great song, which charted at twenty seven in the U.S., which is crazy to think that a a rock song written specifically for a movie soundtrack would chart. I mean, I think that happened a lot more frequently back in the day, but it doesn't really happen anymore. And then Crash Test Dummies version of the ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead, uh, which actually had a music video that featured Jeff Daniels <laughs> playing Harry in the music video, which is That's cra- funny. Again, things that just don't happen anymore. Music videos just aren't a thing, really. Yeah. I, I think they're still out there, but they they're not as like they're not used the same way anymore. They're not as yeah, they're not as um cultural as they were. Like as far yeah. as like, you know, obviously Total Request Live, MTV. The era of the music video is long gone, right? All right. Anyway, so let's get into it here. Um So do you want to give a brief summary of the film just for fun? If you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, you're probably younger. Uh you're probably like a, a Gen Z here that listens to our podcast because i feel like if you're from our generation you've seen dumb and dumber and if you haven't um then maybe you just don't like this style of of slapstick humor that uh kind of came and went in the in the 90s i honestly feel like it holds up pretty well there's something about this film dude it holds up yeah it's got a lot of heart so yeah we you know we're not gonna go over the the plot line of the film or anything like that all you gotta know is that it was jim carrey and jeff daniels and, uh, you know, it was just your typical, like like you said, Q, this was kind of a formula of 90s buddy comedies was this road trip type film, right? And this is one of those types of films. That's all you need to know. We're going to focus on the music. And I want to kind of dive into, you know, how music that you hear in films or, you know, just music that you heard growing up, how, how much it can shape, like, your taste in music going forward you know i feel like this film was one of those moments for us really shaped the the kind of music that i'm into now this is the kind of stuff i think about all the time q i've talked about on this show how i feel like early video game music by early i mean the stuff i was playing in the 90s so sonic the hedgehog streets of rage shinobi yeah super nintendo and on sega genesis sega genesis yeah mostly for us probably contributed to my appreciation and love for electronic music because when you listen back to it that's what it was you know what i mean and there's a whole genre of music and dare i say it once more dude hypnagogic pop that is completely built around that idea of our generation you know just clinging on to that nostalgic love for for video game scores yeah they call it uh chiptune there are artists out there that make nothing but that type of music and yeah you know that's why right because it's nostalgic, like you said. But, you know, same with, with movie soundtracks. Like, when you're a kid and you watch a movie over and over again and you hear the music, it's going to have a, an effect on you, right? So, like, what you're saying. Like, it shapes, the, you know, it's the it's music that you're listening to without choosing to listen to. It's like you're seeking it out. Like, you're watching, you're watching the film. The music is just part of the film. But, like, it's got to have an effect on you. And I think it did like you said like i think it did there's a reason we like the soundtrack it's it's 90s rock music you know yeah uh so you do you want to quote that that tweet yeah 
we saw this tweet that stood out to us by um, this duo named Field Music. They said, taste in music isn't a moral choice. It represents when you were born, whether you had brothers or sisters, what your parents listened to, what your relationship with your parents was like, who your friends are, where you live, your taste in music is the story of your life. And that really like spoke to us. I, yeah, I love that, man. Because it's it, it describes our relationship to music perfectly. Yeah, and this movie is part of our life, dude. It went, yeah. you know, we were around seven years old when this came out. We watched it every summer. I mean, every year we watched it over and over and over. So this music is part of the story of our life. Part of the soundtrack of our lives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the funny thing is like we took road trips with our family. We oh, had dude, a I wanted to I wanted to bring this up, dude. I'm glad you did. Go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off here. We had a yeah, so we had a, you know, we had a minivan. And this was the days before they had the little flat screens that folded out from from the top of the ceiling, you know, in the vans. Right, right, right. So our dad would put the old CRT TV in the back. He got these converters and like power adapters and stuff to get it to where we could plug in a TV uh, and our our, uh, our video Nintendo game system. 64. Yeah. And, v- and a VHS player. Yeah. I think it might have been one of those TVs that had a, a, v- a VHS built into it. Yeah. Uh, VCR built into it. But yeah, we watched this film on a road trip, which was perfect. I remember that. Dude. I think that was a road trip to Colorado. Disney. Colorado? No, I think it was to okay. Colorado. Okay. Which yep. is funny because that's where they're heading to in the that movie. Is so it's funny, kind of dude. They're headed to Aspen in the movie. Fucking meta, right? Anyway. All right, dude. Let's play some tunes. Let's do it. So, yeah. Uh, similar to our John Hughes episodes, we're going to play a song. So, we got like three or four bands here. We're going to play the song from that band that showed up on the film. And then we're going to play another song from the band, if possible, on the same record that the that the one featured in the film was on. And a non-single, because it's no filler. And a non-single, yeah. So basically, it's like, hey, these bands that uh, you may remember from Dumb and Dumber, here's some other stuff that they did. Yeah, and this song that was played for literally five seconds in the film that you barely heard any of, we're going to listen to a little bit more of it. Exactly. All right, so are we going to start with Echo Belly? Uh, did they show up first in the film? I think Green Jelly does. Green Jelly. Okay, well, this is, <laughs> this is a funny song to start with. So... um. This band, I looked them up a little bit briefly because they're 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 kind of goofy, but um, it's this punk metal kind of band, I guess is what you could call them. Uh, I'd call them a party band for sure. Party punk. They've got they've got like a hardcore punk vibe to them, but they're definitely one of those bands that uh, you know they've got a gimmick to them, right? So like if you look at photos of them, they wore like these costumes and stuff. Apparently the story is that they 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 saw Gore, you know the band Gore. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we're like, hey, we should do that. And so they started making costumes and stuff. Um, dude, do you remember? Were you there for this? I was. This was one of those like weird two universes colliding in in the same uh, time and place, where uh, I was at a. A Matt Pond PA concert. I may have been there with you, brother. Was it in downtown? It was in Deep Ellum? Yeah, it was in Deep Ellum. It was at the uh, 
the Gypsy Tea Room. Yeah, I was there with you, dude. We saw them uh, and, uh, oh, what was the name of the other band? The- youth Group. Yeah, holy shit, man, Youth Group. Okay, yeah, go ahead, sorry. So you remember with Gypsy Tea Room, next door was Gypsy Ballroom. Gore was playing at the same time next door. What? At the Gypsy Ballroom. And like, Matt Pompier is this like soft, like folky pop indie thing. Oh, they're the, they're definitely quiet as the new loud kind of band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same era. And yeah. then next door was Gore and it was like this weird. Can you imagine the two, the two groups of people that were at that location? People like us, we were in high school. Polar opposites. Polar dude. opposites. Anyway, so here's here's a band that um, that you would also say is the opposite of Matt Pond PA. Here is the song that was featured in the film. It's called The Bear Song. like that song dude <laughs> it's a dude it's a fun song man i would so that's a nursery rhyme that's just lyrics to a nursery yeah rhyme. yeah yeah or like some sort of like a irish ditty probably not that's yeah mm-hmm. but yeah it's a um like you said party party band man i would love imagine seeing them in their heyday back oh i'm sure the that they were a blast but yeah so this is off the record 333 came out in 1994 so again brand new song when dumb and dumber came out brand new record now, do we want to do we want to mention the scene that was going down? I don't remember the scene cue. I'll do it, dude. I got it right here. I got the notes. Oh, you got the notes. Right. Uh, so this was when they're at that Dante's Inferno restaurant, and they're putting all those uh, super super spicy peppers, those atomic peppers, in his burger. Yeah, and he's in the restroom, so they're pranking him by putting these spicy peppers in his burger, and then yeah, yeah. This is the guy with the ulcer, the henchman yep. with the ulcer. Yeah. And he keels over and dies after eating that burger. What does what does uh, Lloyd say? Or, or Harry's like, "Why don't you eat up and we'll tell you." <laughs> He's trying to get him to eat the burger because they were just trying to prank him. You know? Yeah, they didn't realize that he had a condition that that could uh, turn things south real quick if he eats a pepper. Anyway, so uh, Q, you and I were talking about some of the album art for this band, and um, you know, they, they try to make it look like it's the cover of a comic book, right? That's kind of their thing. It really gives me some uh, trauma film vibes. Yeah, you were saying Toxic Avenger. Yeah, Toxic Avenger. It also looks like the Cabbage Patch Kids. or I mean, No, sorry. Not the Cabbage Patch. The Garbage Pail Kids. The Garbage Pail Kids, yeah. Uh, it's in that style. But uh, 
Cool album art, man. Totally. All right, we're going to play another song off this record. Uh, This is actually the opening track. It's called Carnage Rules. Dude, I love it, man. It's just so, like, the lyrics are so cheesy. Yeah, and it's it's the kind of lyrics that some, like, some teenager would write, you know, some, like, corny ass. I mean, listen to this. All day long, I'm completely insane, crashing and smashing like a hurricane. It's just so, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, dude, this is the kind of music that, like, oh, what was the name of the... The, the Satanic Panic? Yeah, Satanic Panic. Like, this is the stuff that your parents feared you would get your hands on this is nothing compared to the song that we cut from last week's episode oh the redacted uh, episode that's why yeah. it's called the redacted edition of what you heard i brought a song that um with lyrics that quentin advised uh you know we should probably shouldn't play this song. it's the lyrics and, and the delivery of it, the vocal delivery yeah. and it was just a very disturbing song you want to mention the artists and songs so people mm, if they want to check it yeah, out yeah if you want to if you want to listen to a deleted song a deleted segment from no filler, what you heard. Uh, listen at your own risk. Say that. But there is a song that I stumbled upon called Dallas Beltway by a band called Chat Pile. Uh, it's about some fucked up stuff. So listen at your own risk. It, 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 it brought us down. So we said, you know, let's cut this out. Yeah. And the lead singer is wasted while singing it. Or, or he's 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 very performative in the way he delivers. His or life. he's very performative, but yeah, he's slurring his words. He's he's drunk off his ass. Sounds like in the studio. Just yeah, very disturbing song. That's a tangent. That's a tangent. Uh, <laughs> that would also be a song that your parents would definitely not want you to get your hands yeah. on. That yeah, <laughs> this kind of stuff here. That's what I'm saying. This is rated PG thirteen. Listen, all you fools, don't you know that carnage rules? That's what I'm saying. It's so <laughs> fucking corny. Dude. I mean, dude, and I listened to a good chunk of this album. The majority of them are, are just as yeah. cheesy, dude. You, just like, as cheesy. you don't have to have but two like stones that you can rub together inside your brain <laughs> in order to even like, you know, you show up and you party. That's what this band's all about. It's a, yeah, it's a party band. I, I was being, reading the bio on, on the Spotify page from them. This is interesting. I've never heard of this before. They were signed by a, a label called Zoo Records as a video-only band. The what? Fun? I didn't know that was a thing. Video-only? Like, yeah, we'll sign you guys, but we're only going to fund videos, maybe? Is that kind of how that works? Like, you have to release your own music and shit, like, on your own 
put out your own music, but like we'll pay for videos, maybe. Well, speaking of videos, dude, I'm reading here that that Carnage, the song we just played, was the theme song for the 1994 video game Spider-Man and Venom: Maximum Carnage. Oh man! With the song itself being based off the Marvel character Carnage. Well, there we go. Okay. There we go. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe that, well, you know, this takes on a whole new meaning then. <laughs> Crashing <laughs> and smashing. Squash any spider hanging by a thread. Oh Boom. my God. Boom. They're geniuses actually. Is what it Boom. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. That's even, that's even better. All right. Well, anyway, that was a band called Green Jelly. We're going to move on to our next pick from the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. So here's the deal, dude. I wanted to try to go in order of the film, but we already messed up because I wanted to play this tiny little, like 30 second little theme music from the original score uh, and this happens pretty damn early on in the film i want to play it yeah, let's do it let's do it so i found out that todd rundgren is the name of the artist who actually did the original score for the film now dude wasn't that the name of the artist that that our dad brought a song to the table it sure sounds familiar yeah 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 <laughs> it is that it? is him yeah because he played a, he played a song off of his record um, something anything you know nineteen seventy two here he is fucking twenty two years later writing music doing doing scores for movies for Dumb and Dumber yeah yeah so interesting um, very similar with uh, John Hughes um, well Ira Newborn I guess yeah who did who I was did wondering about for, that yeah um, you know that that song in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when it keeps cutting back and forth between uh, Cameron and Ferris. And that, like, new wave, really, like, synthy music that cuts when it cuts to Cameron in bed. Yeah. That, I feel like, had a really big impact on the kind of music that I like listening to. Same with this style of music. We're going we're gonna to play it, just a little bit of it. So this is, like, right after the opening credits, where they're both coming home from work and they both had gotten fired Lloyd gets fired as a limo driver. Harry gets fired as a dog groomer. So they're down on their luck. It's the shagging wagon, dude. It's the shagging wagon. This is the music that's playing when they get home and they're kind of talking about their shitty days. So cue it up, brother. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Man. That's it's it, funny dude. that you decided to... <laughs> I, I, the funny thing is, like, that is one of the songs that I... That, to me, is like, oh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber, you know? Yeah. Even though it's 20 seconds long or whatever. Yeah. But... Uh, but the reason I wanted to play it tonight, I want to hear a whole album of that from Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, it's it's that reverby mm-hmm. guitar. It's the synth. It's the simplicity of it. I don't know, dude. I feel like... That uh, very well could have shaped our uh, growing minds as as music lovers, dude. The I twenty just, seconds. I yeah. love that sound, and it reminds me of that Ira Newborn song, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, from when Cameron is sick in bed. So the it's just like you said, like there's it's twenty seconds. Where's the whole track? You know, he did more than twenty seconds for sure. Somewhere. So this is the actual score from the film, um, and that's all I got for that, dude. There's a little taste. Um, little taste Todd of Todd Rundgren. Rundgren. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. 
All right, let's move on to the next artist here. So this is going to be the scene when they're in the cafe, Harry and Lloyd, they're sitting down. They're always in cafes. This is the second cafe scene. That's true. But that's what you do when you're on a road trip queue. And they are about to meet Seabass, which is just a random guy that's sitting like two bar, two uh, booths behind them, uh, just some trucker guy. And Harry throws an entire salt shaker over his shoulder because Lloyd said that he needs to throw some salt over his left shoulder for good luck or something. Hits this guy Seabass, and it's on. That's all I'm going to say about it, dude. This song is playing in the background. Let's just say that um, the Seabass... Uh... He's a real asshole, dude. Kick his ass, Seabass. He hawks a loogie in a burger that was about to be enjoyed by by Harry. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So this band, and we we um, I think we both agreed that of all the artists that we sort of dove into, I was most impressed with this record. Yeah. This is a band called Echo Belly, and um, yeah. So we're gonna play the song from the film first. Yeah. So this record is called Everyone's Got One came out in 1994 no surprise and this song is called insomniac Yeah, so like that, I, I don't think you actually get to hear that chorus in the in the film. You really just get the opening guitar riff, right? Right, but yeah, so the you know they kind of remind me of like cranberries or something like that. Some other, and I'm only saying that because you know she's a female rock singer that has sort of this accent that she sort of incorporates in the song a little bit. I was getting some Bjork vibes. Okay. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe more so the the Sugar Cubes, which is that band that that Bjork mm. was in before she did her solo stuff. But yeah, so this was actually a single. Insomniac was a single. It was a second single off the record. I really enjoyed this record, dude. Yeah, it's good. So let me uh, let me just say a little bit about the uh, artist here. So her name is Sonia Madan or Madden, born in India, raised in Britain. Defied many of the lyrical conventions of the scene, the Brit pop scene, which is important. Um, and, uh, yeah, their music is, uh, sort of inspired gu- guitars inspired by the Smiths, which you can definitely hear throughout the record. Yes. I was thinking that too, dude. Glam and new wave. Yes. Uh, same with the way that she sings. It kind of, yeah, s- a little bit more sing like Morrissey a little bit. 
they put out this record, Everyone's Got One, in 94, and another one called On in 1995. Both of them reached the UK top 10. So they were pretty successful over in the UK. So yeah, let's play another tune from this record. I liked Taste of You. You want to play that one? Taste of You. All right, here we go. great dude one thing i took away from this little um exploration of of the bands on this soundtrack is that echo belly this fucking great man like this was a really good record um and i would recommend listening to it out there if you're if you're um, oh i would highly recommend it dude i enjoyed every single track on this record. yeah it was good and i'm gonna have to play the next record too uh on i'll have to cue that up for tomorrow maybe but yeah i like like i was saying earlier and you were saying Bjork, um, mm-hmm. but I was very much reminded of um, the lead singer of Cranberries. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her name Dolores O'Rourdian. O'Rourdian. It's I mean it's definitely it's Irish, so it's O O'Rourdian. Ooh, I like that. We're probably saying that wrong. God damn it! If you're Irish and you're listening, tell us how we how we butchered. Apologies, apologies. But um. Anyway, yeah, very much so in the vocal delivery. So I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read something here that stuck out that stood out to me, um, because it, it kind of describes this band. Not not Green Jelly. Green Jelly was like an anomaly on the record, but um, there's a guy named Cameron Matthews who writes for Vice magazine, Vice website. He said um, he, he described the, the the soundtrack as a perfect slice of the mid '90s sound, bubbly pop rock with jangly chords and just enough grit, which I think describes Echo Belly perfectly. Gritty, for sure. Or also known as the thing you can give your kids when they one day ask you what the 90s were like. I would say this film and the soundtrack is a good explanation of what the 90s were like, right? But yeah, that's a really good description uh, of this of this collection of 90s tunes, right? It's just a really good snapshot of, of like the 90s rock type sound with a good a good range because like 
you know, also featured on the film. It's not it's not on the official soundtrack, but the Butthole Surfers are on there. Uh, yeah, and they're doing a cover Surfers. of a Donovan song. The Hurdy Gurdy Man. man. Yeah, Donovan. Yeah. That's right. Um. So yeah, there's just you know, and you like like we said, crash test dummies, multiple times actually on here. The primitives crash. That's another one of our favorite songs, but yeah. I couldn't find any other good song by the Primitives that I wanted to play, dude. But that song's uh, classic. I think we should we should have that as our outro. But hey, let's play that uh, second half of the song I wanted to to share. Yeah, so let's let's play the uh, let's play the outro of the song here. Yeah, and it fades into Insomniac, the yeah. the first song that we did there. Um, yeah, it's just it, credit goes out to the other band members too, because um, it's just really solid yeah, uh, dude. M- musicianship and, and, and just it's a really good mixture of the kind of heavier side of alt rock and like the jangly kind of stuff, like they were saying that the Vice guy was saying the jangly Brit pop type stuff. So yeah, really solid. Yeah, and I think it's a good transition into like the other side of '90s alt rock with this next band we're gonna play, Gigolo Ants. I gotta say, man, this is probably one of my favorite tracks on the soundtrack. Me too, or at least one that that I have a heavy, heavy nostalgia for for some Same, reason, dude. So this is the scene where Lloyd picks up Harry on a little motorbike that he trades the their crappy shagging wagon van. He trades it up, trades it straight up for a motorbike. Uh, yeah, I mean, as he says, the bike's better for traveling. <laughs> yeah, and Harry hops on the bike, and uh, they two person it all the way to Aspen, and it's kind of a, uh, a montage scene, I guess. Yeah, it just shows them kind of driving through on their way to Colorado, and it shows them driving through like the Rocky Mountains and all this. Uh, you know, things are looking up, right? They they make it to Colorado. Yeah, because they, they, you know, they had. They had sort of a falling out over well, some stuff. Yeah, Lloyd drove a sixth of the way in the wrong direction while Harry was asleep. Because he was having daydreams about doing some kung fu on some dude, <laughs> ripping yeah. a heart out and stuff. Yep. Uh, so Harry's pretty upset with him. One of my favorite visuals from the movie is just they cut to him sitting in the field with his, his butt cracking. And I don't know why. Yeah. It's. it's just funny it's stupid but it's hilarious yeah when they're kind of arguing about the whole situation yeah yeah anyway so let's let's play some gigolo ants this is a great example of just i mean one might call it a a cookie cutter band dude from that time but but if we were to put this on like the the rock and roll scale 
of the 90s, right? You've got grunge on one side, and then you've got bands like um, Polaris, a.k.a. Uh, not a.k.a. Uh, like the Legion of, what were they called? His first project that we talked about, Miracle Legion. Yes. But yeah, or you could even say uh, some of the stuff that REM was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to compare Gigolo Ants to REM because they're, 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 they're nowhere close. But I mean, it's that I think side. it's Gigolo, brother. Gigolo. Yeah, you're right. Gigolo. I kept saying it. <laughs> it's Gigolo, definitely. Uh, that's how you say that word. It's Gigolo. But anyway, <laughs> it, it's, it's more on the lighter side, if you will of the the scale of 90s rock right yeah but yeah let's listen to it here this song uh is called where i find my heaven But yeah, like we were saying, just cookie cutter. I was reminded of uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Deep Blue Something. But yeah, there you go. That's the, that's the other side of the rock that's, coin, if you think yeah, about it. Like from the 90s. Then, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, just innocent type of lyrics, you know. Alternative, pop rock. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Alt rock. But just a, a solid track. And like I was saying, if it wasn't for the film, I probably would have no... No interest in the song. I think it'd be. I think I'd still be bobbing my head along to it. Sure, sure. But there's there there is some good stuff on this record. Um, so we are going to play. We're going to play one more track here from them. So what's the name of the album? I don't think we. The name of the album is called Flipping Out. Okay. It came out, of course, in 1994. Um, and that's kind of what I was saying. Like all of the music that you hear on Dumb and Dumber, not all of it, most of it came out the same year the film came out. So much like John Hughes, who would work with. And seek out and try to feature new bands, right? Rather, probably very obscure at the time, bands, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the same can be said for some of these artists that like, hey, you know, the Fairley Brothers put us on the map. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe. Right. I mean, it sounds like, you know, Crash Test Dummies put out a music video featuring Jeff Daniels. So that probably... Their, their their inclusion in the film probably helped them a little bit. And that's probably true for some of these. Yeah, I think so. How, how many uh, people picked up the soundtrack and then dove into the bands that were featured on the soundtrack because they liked what they heard? Probably a lot. Anyway, so yeah, let's play another track here um, from Gigolo Ants. I'm going to keep saying Gigolo for some reason, for, <laughs> for whatever reason. I know, I know the word Gigolo. Uh, we're going to play a song called Lemon Peeler. Thank you. 
think he's singing about a motorcycle. I think so. Yeah. Or a bike. He called it bicycle, the, the lemon peeler. He said base put, put a baseball card through the spokes. So, mm. I mean, that makes me think it's okay. a bicycle, right? Yeah. But anyway, again. Haven't lived until you ride, dude. If he's literally talking about riding a bicycle, doesn't get any more tame than that, right? But that's well, maybe he's singing. He's thinking back to his childhood, the first time he got a bicycle. Maybe that's something that he said to his friends. You haven't lived until you've taken a ride on this bicycle. Until you've taken a ride on my lemon peeler. Yeah, but I will say, um, for me at least, the majority of the songs on this album are pretty unforgettable. You mean pretty forgettable? You said unforgettable. Oh, pretty pretty forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Again, if we were to recommend one album to check out it's that echo belly album that we played a couple tracks for in. sure for sure but again a decent track a good snapshot of a dime a dozen bands in the 90s that were putting out music like that right yeah but yeah i like where i find my heaven that's you know that's just the bottom line i wanted to play that song um the funny thing is there's a there's a picture on spotify of one of the band members wearing a dio beanie which means they at least grew up listening to metal didn't didn't make its way through to their their music but uh anyway definitely not kind of mellowed them out maybe they went the opposite way i mean that's a kind of hard rocking lick on lemon peeler good track for sure there was another song what was it that i i mentioned you said it was technically a single that i really liked single yeah um bloom bloom that's a good song yeah cope is the one i wanted to play and that was another single and then you focused on the other single bloom that's funny dude go figure right all right well um I think we have another track. At least I wanted to play this track. I couldn't find. I, I looked on YouTube because YouTube sometimes has stuff that Spotify doesn't have. I was trying to find another song from this band because, you know, we're trying to play what you heard in the movie and another one. I couldn't find another track from these guys, but I really like this song. And I want to play. I want to play the track from the movie. This band is called the Lupins and the scene that this song was featured in is harry and lloyd are stopping for gas and harry is talking to that girl while he's pumping the gas in with the skis dude i love that exchange man yeah and then he sets himself on fire yeah are those your skis yeah (laughs) both of them (laughs) right so this song is called take by the lupins Take a picture, take 
solid tune. It's a banger, dude. I, I love, love that song. I wish I could find more music from these guys. They they put out some records, but I can't find it. I mean, you gotta like. You're gonna have to go to a record store. That's brother. what I'm saying. You gotta start digging. flip through the CDs. The man. CDs, right? Yeah. So, do you know at least when that song came out? Was that another '94 track? It seems like it was released for the film. Okay. I, I so at least digging through uh, their discogs. Uh, I mean, it could be, dude. The lyrics are like, you know, take my car, take it to the outside, or drive it to the outside world. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I I think that's that's weird, man. That so many of these bands wrote songs specifically for the film but i guess that i think that was more common back in the 90s you know right now it's like hey can you can you write a song for this new bond film you know like that's something that still that's happens about it right and like hey maybe can you write a song for this lego movie or something but like other than that i feel like it bands don't obscure bands definitely don't because movies are like who's the who's the big name now you know let's get them to do a song but anyway, there's a couple of uh, releases around that time, early 90s, that they put out, according to Discogs. Uh, but I do not see take on any of these. So anyway, I like the song. Um, that's, it had kind of like a punk punk vibe to it. Just the vocals, at least. Anyway, so yeah, that was The Lupins. That song was called Take. And I, th- I think that's it, man. That's it, dude. There are tons of other artists featured on this movie. So we yeah. we barely scratched the surface. Oh, the cats are here. Uh, we barely scratched the surface. Um, and there's a lot of good a lot of good tunes to, to be heard, man. So if you wanted to um, pull it up on, on Spotify, you can listen to playlists that were put together. You can actually find the original soundtrack too on here. But um, if you really wanted to hear and, and get a more definitive list... There's a website called tunefind.com that we reference sometimes. Yeah, we've used it before for our John Hughes tunes. Yeah, it's more of a definitive, like, you know, if you want to go beyond the official soundtrack releases and stuff like that, and like, hey, this this song appeared for 10 seconds and it was played in the background on a, on a radio in the background of this scene. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. And it also has, like, brief descriptions of each scene as well. The scene, yeah. Anyway. All right, so that's that. Um, we're not going to keep this up. We're not going to keep doing soundtracks. We just thought since we were doing some 90s rock, this soundtrack has always stood out to us. as like kind of like that guy from Vice was saying. It's just a really good snapshot of 90s rock. The funny thing is there's not a single grunge song on this entire record. So, <laughs> And this was right when grunge hit, dude. But it's a good snapshot of like the alt-rock side, the lighter side. Yeah, for sure. And then you got bands like... Uh, Green Jelly showing up. They're just kind of, you know, for, for shits and, and grins. Are we playing Crash as our closing song? Uh, yeah, I want to close with Crash. Yeah, it's a good call. That's another iconic one for me. Like, just always always remember that song because of Dumb and Dumber, of course. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, so that's a song by the Primitives. Uh, so, Travis, do you want to cover the Cranberries next? Yes. Good call, man. I feel like it's been a long time coming. Good call. And we referenced them a couple times. So yeah, let's do the Cranberries next. Maybe we'll do something where we play a few tracks here and there off of some some other records, or we'll pick. We'll see. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dive back into these guys for a little bit. I'm gonna have to listen to some of these albums for the first time, dude. You've dove into them more than I me. was ready to do this this episode a while back because I, I had prepared myself. I had some songs picked out. I'll I'll circle back and um, give them, maybe we'll do like one from each of their first three records or something like that. 
right? Because like everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? It came out in '93. That had dreams, linger, and then their their album after that, no need to argue. '94, same era that we've been talking about, had zombie on it, right? Probably another, probably at least another single on here. Anyway, so yeah, we'll do, we'll do cranberries next week. That'll be fun. Um, talk about another iconic '90s band, and we'll see what happens after that. We may stay stick in the '90s. We may hop around. All right, so. Hey man, where can you find us, Q? Uh, well, you can find us on Twitter at No Filler Podcast. Uh, I'm gonna say our our website's under construction, dude. I know you you want to maybe revamp it. I want to just rip it up, dude, and just start just over. Rip it up to shreds. Yeah. Shout out to us on Twitter. Uh, send us a tweet or a message if you'd like. We will absolutely get back to you. Uh, so again, that's at No Filler Podcast. And uh, we are also part of the Pantheon Podcast Music Network, the podcast network for music lovers. All music-centered podcasts. Um, you can find more great music podcasts like ours on pantheonpodcasts.com. Uh, and as always, thank you to our sponsor, AKG, for supporting the show. And yeah, that's it. Next week, we'll be coming at you with some cranberries. And, uh, yeah, we're going to fade out with a song called Crash that is featured on the movie Dumb and Dumber by The Primitives. And that's going to do it. Until next week, thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 